so yay. Um, I wanted to make an announcement before I start uh, talking about what God laid on my heart today. Um, there is a young woman, um, she's from the Syracuse area, her name is Joelle James, and she is a fellow student with um, my son Judah Tuttle, um, Casey Keegan, and Rachel Davis, who are all um, from this church. She went to a ministry school in Pennsylvania um, called Global Awakening. And um, I had the opportunity of going to a conference there recently and stayed in Joelle's prayer room. And I was amazed. I, she had all of this stuff written down, all these dreams, all these things she was praying for, and she was praying for Syracuse. And um, so then, you know, after school ended, it ended in May, um, we had a lunch with her. And um, <clears throat> she had told Jim and I her dreams that God gave her a vision about having tent meetings on her property, which she lives in Tully on Route 80. Um, it's called Apple... Country Apple Retreat Center. I probably messed that one right up there. Uh, Apple Country Retreat, yeah. (laughs) I guess I didn't mess it up too bad. And so she had a dream about having all these tent meetings and then having um, the people in our city come that are mostly neglected and... um, people kind of push aside. And and so she had this dream about having the homeless and just different people coming to experience God. And so anyways, this dream is coming to pass. So it's super exciting. Um, And she's just a, you know, she's a girl in her 20s um, who just loves God and had a dream. And so um, it's called Passion of the Cues. And it says, you're made for more. And we have cards out there, um, Right near the bathroom, they're on the wall, um, they're on the bulletin board. And so they're going to be tent meetings this next weekend. And so she's bringing, she has, I mean, she connected with Rescue Mission, all of these organizations in our area um, to bring people there so they could hear the gospel. And her parents own a swimming pool company, so she has swimming pool there to baptize people as they give their hearts to the Lord. And um, it's really, really exciting. Yeah, so she has two people coming, William Wood and Richie Seltzer, which are two evangelists from Global Awakening. And um, they're going to be there, and they're powerful. I know PJ, um, uh, William Wood was a fellow student with him when he went to um, Global Awakening. And so you guys do not want to miss it. If you can't come, give. You can give because this is all by faith. And so, like, people are coming there to give haircuts and to give clothing and to feed people so that um, people in that condition don't feel awkward. You know what I mean? We just want to honor and love people, and that's what she's doing. So you can give to this um, to this dream that she has called Passion of the Cues. You can go to it. It's this Friday starting at 7, and then all day on Saturday they have stuff going on. And So you don't really want to miss it. If you can't come, just pray for it. It's going to be amazing. I believe that when God moves on um, a city, he, he really addresses the soul issue first. And, um, you know, a lot of people, you know, um, the people who are hurting, you know, God says that he, you know, blessed are the poor in spirit, right? And those are people who um, we want to see touched. And so I'm excited about what God's doing there. And so if you can, 
um, Passion of the Cuse. It's out there. Um, if you can go, I would just encourage you to go. I'm excited about it. And next Sunday, you don't want to miss it, and you want to invite your friends, because one of the evangelists, Richie Seltzer, who is a super powerful evangelist, is going to be here speaking at Faith Chapel next Sunday. So come on. It's going to be so exciting. Um, we had met him recently, um, a few years ago, actually, at a conference, and just talked to him for like an hour. He's just an amazing guy who loves God and is so bold and fearless. Um, And in fact, there's a video on YouTube with him praying for someone in a wheelchair, and he's in Brazil, and all of these people are so passionate around him, just like cheering, like, you know, praising God. It's in Portuguese, so I don't know what they're saying, (laughs) but they're praising God, and all of a sudden, this woman pops out of the wheelchair and starts running, and so it's super exciting. So anyways, Richie's going to be with us next week. I'm excited. Amen? So praise God. So, um, all that said, um, I just want to share something that God put on my heart today. It it has nothing to do with the amazing series that, um, maybe it does kind of fit in, but, um, the, um, the series on, um, the father's love that Jim just spoke about recently. Um, but I want to talk about a subject which a lot of people roll their eyes at, but it's so powerful and, like, if I was going to title my message, I would just say it's all about love, love, love. And a lot of times, pe- you know, sometimes even in the Christian community, people roll their eyes, like, okay, you know, uh, yeah, it's about love, but what about judgment? What about this? What about that? But, oh, my gosh, if we don't have love, the Bible says that we're, like, making a lot of noise. We're like a clanging symbol, Right? That we're like making a lot of noise. And in fact, um, in 1 Corinthians chapter 13, when it talks about all the gifts, um, all the gifts of uh, gifts of the Spirit, you know, about prophecy and miracles and encouragement and all of these gifts that are in listed in there. And, and then it says, but the most excellent way is in love. So it's like all wrapped in. You can't do anything if you don't have love, Right? And so, like, love, it is really all about love. <laughs> it's all about love. It's all about us encountering the love, which Jim, was, Jim and Mary were preaching about so well these past few weeks. And, you know, and it's all about giving God's love away. I mean, that's the gospel right there. Amen? I mean, you know, he first loved us. He came, right, because he first loved us. It says before the foundations of the world, he predestined us he, for love. Come on, that's even before he created man. He, he had us in mind because he wanted to have a family. He loves us so much. And we're created to experience his love. Amen? We're created to experience his love. And the love of God is crazy. It's nothing like the world's love. The world's love, I mean, you can think about, you know, worldly songs about love. I love you, you know, and I'm not going to sing. <laughs> but, you know, like, um, you know, love in the world is conditional, Right? It's, if you do this, if you love me right, baby, if you look good, I'll love you, right? If you keep your promises, I'll love you, right? All of these things, it's all conditional. But the amazing thing about God's love is it's unconditional. Crazy. Absolutely insane. It's unconditional. 
unconditional. It's over the top, more than we can ask or even imagine. It's way out there. But the thing is, he doesn't want us it to be way out there. He wants us to encounter his love. Amen? He wants us to encounter his love, his unconditional love. His love that goes the distance, his love that would send his one and only son to die on a cross in our place so that we can have a family again. We can have a relationship with the Father. His love is so strong. It's so powerful. He loves us at our worst. Oh my gosh, that is amazing. Thank you, Jesus. He loves us at our worst. He loves us at our best, right? He loves us when we miss the mark, when we pass the test. He just flat out loves us. Come on. And what, how do you think it would be if we could have that kind of love? Not only for God, but for each other. Wow. How about that? Like, what if we had that kind of love, the way he loves us for one another? We, we sang that last song. It was so amazing. I didn't know Leah would pick that, but that was just perfect. Like, your love never fails. It never gives up on us. Right? That's how God's love is. What if we, as believers, had that same kind of love for one another? That we would see each other at their worst and still love them. That we would see each other. We would be each other's biggest cheerleader, right? Whether we're doing really good, there would be no competition, right? Come on. We would be able to see someone succeed and be like, yes, I'm so excited for you. We would see people hurting and be like, I love you. And love looks like something. It's done in different expressions, right? What about if I think the church was created to be the most safe place in the world? The most safe place in the world where we can come and love each other, where we can come and experience God and love God and and not point the finger right and be like, look at you and not look down. But anyone can come in here and and experience God's love wherever stage they are in in their life. You know, what would it look like if we brought that love into the world? Uh Uh-oh. What would that look like if we brought that love where we work? Uh Uh-oh, into our neighborhood. Whoa. Where it was unconditional love. What would that look like? You know, sometimes we have so much grace for ourselves, don't we? You know, we're like, oh my goodness, man, I didn't mean to do that. And sometimes, sometimes it's hard to forgive ourselves, right? Sometimes we don't have grace for ourselves, but sometimes we have a lot of grace for ourselves. But our friends or people we hardly know, man, we can look at them, woo, right? And we can start looking them up and down. We can start letting the, the stinking thinking go on in our minds, start judging them, Right? And you know what? God doesn't do that to us. Whoa, he's so patient with us. Isn't that amazing? 
He's so patient that he says that he's waiting to, he'll, to, to return to come back and get us because he's so patient because he doesn't want anyone to perish. He's that patient and that good and that full of love because he loves people. You know what? All creation is groaning for him. They're groaning to experience the love, to experience who they were created to be. And you know what? People who don't know that love yet should not get our judgment. Right? They're just acting. They just don't know any better. Right? They don't know any better. So what would it look like if us as believers, just the people in this room, if we decided, you know what, we're, we're just going to love people the way God loves us. What? We're not going to look at, oh my gosh, she had 10 divorces. We're not going to look at, oh my goodness, they're, they're going on, they have this sin issue and this sin. Oh my goodness. What if we didn't even, what if we just put that aside and decided just to flat out love people? Just to flat out love people. Right where they're at. In their mess. Right? I love this. This I don't know if I made the saying up or if I said it so many times, now it's my own saying. But And the saying is this. The only time you should look down upon someone is when you're reaching down to pull them up. Right? How much more the church, right? Wow, what if we actually get this, guys? I mean, what is the greatest commandment? Love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your mind, and with all your strength. And to love your neighbor as you love yourself. What if we actually just did that? And then, when we screw up, we forgive ourselves, we forgive people, and do it again, right? Love people. Just flat out, it's not complicated. This is not a theological message, although there's many theologians that talk about it. But it's practical. What about just loving people? We don't know what they're going through. We don't know what's going on in their minds. Sometimes we look at the big picture and we can just start putting our judgments down there. They should have did this. Why'd they do that? How could they be that person? Well, you know, the enemy comes to steal, kill, and destroy, and they're doing that in that person's life, and that's why they're, they're suffering like that. How about instead of pointing the finger, you know, when you point the finger, you got three fingers pointing back at you. How about if you, instead of pointing the finger, how about just praying for people or actually asking God, how can I be a help to that person? Sometimes we just, we, we, we jump to, we jump the gun, man. I've jumped the gun. And, you know, I just love this. I'm going to read a scripture that's very familiar. It's in uh, the Gospel of Luke, and it's in chapter 10. And it's starting at 25, verse 25 through verse 37. And I'm going to read it in the NIV. And um, I think it should be up there. It is up there, Mary's Rocks. The whole team. You know what? Let's just honor them. The back team there. 
Come on, the sound team, the projection team, the camera team, the live stream family, we love you. You're amazing. Like, come on. Sometimes we don't love them very well in the church, do we? (laughs) I got to repent, man. (laughs) You know? Yeah, praise God. Okay, so here I was, Luke chapter 10, verse 25. And this is a parable. It's a famous parable. And um, it starts off verse 25, and it says, On one occasion, an expert in the law stood up to test Jesus. Teacher, he asked, what must I do to inherit eternal life? What is written in the law, he replied. How do you read it? He answered, love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, and with all your strength, and with all your mind." And love your neighbor as yourself. And Jesus said, you have answered correctly. Jesus replied, do this and you will live. And then I love what Jesus does. Let's do this. He he tells someone the truth and then he tells them a story. Don't you love storytellers? How many have had a grandpa or an older person in their life where they would just tell the most amazing stories? Wow. Yes, it was so amazing. And Jesus was like that. He told stories. And then he said um, in verse, 20, verse 29, but he wanted to justify himself, so he asked Jesus, and who is my neighbor? And in reply, Jesus said, a man was going down from, Jer- from Jerusalem to Jericho when he fell into the hands of robbers. Could you imagine that? Can you imagine traveling and then get attacked? That's very scary. They stripped him of his clothes, beat him, and went away, leaving him half dead. I mean, I think about that. Like, what happens if that happened to me? And, you know, I mean, I'm sure this guy didn't look like he normally looked, you know? And it would be easy to look down upon someone and be scared of them, right? But he was in a terrible need. And so... Um, A priest happened to be going down the same road. And when he saw the man, he passed on the other side. Oh, my goodness. Like, oh, that's, I've done that, actually. I mean, I'm sure people in here have done that, where where you see someone and you know you want to talk to them, but then you don't know what to say, and so you miss it, and you walk on the other side. Well, this guy did that, and he was from the church. And when he saw the man, he passed on the other side. So too, a Levite, this is a guy who worked in the church as well, who, um, you know, Levite is involved in worship. And when he came to the place and saw him, he passed by on the other side. So this guy is in his, the guy who got attacked was in his worst place in his life probably attacked, left for dead, and two people, the very people that, were, that you would think would run and help that person, they went on the other side. But a Samaritan, now a Samaritan was someone that no one would suspect to help someone. And in fact, um, a lot of people in Jerusalem in that culture looked down upon Samaritans and kind of treated them not very nicely. But a Samaritan, as he traveled, came where the man was, and when he saw him, 
He took pity on him. Actually, he, he actually saw him and took pity. He had action, right? He went to him and bandaged his wounds, pouring on oil and wine. Then he put the man on his own donkey. Now, we would give him a ride in our car. He took him to an inn and took care of him. The next day, he took out two silver coins and gave them to the innkeeper. Look after him, he said, and when I return, I will reimburse you for any extra expense you may have. Which of these? Now, this is Jesus telling a story. They're saying, who is my neighbor? He's saying, what's the greatest command? Love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your mind, and with all your strength, and love your neighbor and yourself. And now he's giving an illustration of what that looks like. Someone's in a bad place, and, you know, he's saying, then Jesus says, which of these three do you think was a neighbor to the man who fell into the hands of the robber? The expert in the law replied, the one who had mercy on him. Jesus told him, go and do likewise. And some, some translation says, go and do the same. And I was thinking about what would it be like if us as believers began to not walk on the other side? What would that look like? And, you know, I... There's this thing that we, we talk about in our discipleship group because we want to empower people to walk in, you know, the supernatural realm. We're called to be naturally supernatural, right? And so we want to teach you all on how to be natural supernatural, how to love God and walk in his ways and all of those things. And so in our um, discipleship group, we talk a lot about God highlighting people, <laughs> And you're thinking, what the heck is that? You, have a, you ever have a highlighter where you highlight something in your book, right? And it's, you look at your page, and oh, your, your eye automatically goes to that spot, right, in your page. And so that's highlighting. Sometimes in our life and going throughout our day, you could be at school, at your job, at the mall, at Wegmans, wherever you shop, and all of a sudden, there's someone there that you can't get your eyes off of. You just keep looking at them. That's highlighting. It's like God is causing you to look at a person. And, you, and it's not like you meant to. It's just all of a sudden you're like, wow. And then you start, you know, like for me, a lot of times I'll start getting compassion for someone. Or, or I'll ask God, God, what do they need? How can they help them? And so, you know, um, and, and so really I believe that not going on the other side, is living your life. I mean, really, realistically, there's so much need out there, right? I'm going to make this practical. There's so much need out there, and sometimes we can't meet all the needs, right? But what if all of us decided to have this love in our heart where we're actually going to stop for the one that God puts in highlights, right? Like, I think people would be helped in our community, wouldn't they? And so um, I'll share a story. Um, Jim and I, we like to go places where um, most people think pastors shouldn't go. (laughs) Because Jesus probably would have went there. And Jesus went to the places he went to where the sinners were, right? He went to, um, you know, he went to the outcasts, you know, where the lepers. Jim was talking about the leper um, who, you know, was sick and everyone would shun away from them and wouldn't go near them. 
But Jesus was the first one who would go near them. He went to the woman who was caught in the issue of, you know, of sinning, and they were going to stone her. And Jesus got in the gap between them, and he said, you without sin cast the first stone, didn't he? And they all dropped their stones. And, and so Jesus went to those places. And so God put on our heart that we're going to go to different places that most pastors wouldn't go. So, um, so anyways, we, we found out that there's this good place in Syracuse that has chicken wings, and we love chicken wings. Like, we love chicken wings, all right? So, so we've been going, I don't know, maybe a year and a half now or something. We go, not every Thursday, but a lot of Thursdays, we go to a place called Blarney Stone. And it's a bar. And we go there, and we eat chicken wings, and we just meet people. And we just love on people. There was one person actually that came to church from there. He was one of the servers. And um, God gave me a prophetic word for him. And he, um, yeah, he, he really encountered God. And I think he's walking with God now. I don't know. I mean, I don't, I don't have a close relationship with him. But um, we decided, and you know what? I want to say this. If you struggle with alcohol, don't go to a bar, okay? If that's something that you're struggling with, Go somewhere else, okay? Ask God where he wants you to go. But we don't struggle with that, so that's not an issue for us. And we like chicken wings, so, and they're super cheap. Ten cents a wing or something crazy like that. And they're so, I, they're so good. So anyways, plug Blarney. <laughs> so um, anyways, so we're in there, and when you walk in there, you have to wait in line because they have really good food. So you wait in line, and you order food, and then you find a table, which can be almost impossible. Um, and you finally find a table, and then you wait for them to call your name. So we're sitting there. We find this table right by the door. It's not a good table. It's a high table. There's so many people around. It's not like we can really have great conversation because it's loud right where we are. So we find the seat. We're sitting there, Jim and I. It's just him and I this time. And uh, all of a sudden, one of the guys who works behind the, the counter who's cooking food and preparing meals, he, I, I just can't stop looking at him. And it wasn't like anything, I mean, I'm with my husband, it wasn't anything bad or it wasn't impure at all. It was pure. <laughs> so anyways, I'm just like, for some reason, I just keep looking at him and I'm almost crying. I'm sitting there and I'm like, oh my gosh, like God just starts speaking to me about this man and, and I just start praying for him in my heart, <clears throat> excuse me, and like God highlighted him. I couldn't keep my eyes on him, off of him. I just kept looking at him, and I was just getting all this compassion. Like, I had so much compassion for this guy. I met him a few times, said hi to him, all that stuff, great guy. But that day, God highlighted him. Not any other times, bazillion times I'd been there, but that certain day he did. And so I said, Jim... He's so busy, but I feel like I got something, you know, God gave me something to say to him. I feel like he gave me a word for this man. And he's like, well, go for it, you know. And so um, we're there, and uh, I'm thinking I'm not going to be able to get get to him because there's lines of people trying to get food, and he's super busy. Like, how is this going to happen? Well, the line died, and we finished eating, and I'm like, this is my perfect time. (laughs) So I go up. And I give him this word, and he was so, uh, he looked like, he looked like someone ran over his dog when I, when I saw him, like really sad. 
I mean, that was, that, I don't, I didn't mean to be a joke about that, because that is kind of sad, but it can be funny. But anyways, he, <laughs> he looked really sad. <laughs> and, and so when God gave me this word, and I was having all this compassion for him, I went over to him, gave him the word, and he was like night and day, like God touched him. He was like, thank you, thank you so much. And it was amazing. I took the time, instead of going on the other side and saying, oh, yeah, I don't want to go to that place, you know. I don't, we don't want to go and eat chicken wings there. We can go and order them and eat them at home. Or, you know, we decided we're going to actually go to the people who need Jesus. And then we made a decision that if he speaks to us, we're going to actually take a risk I didn't know what this guy needed, but God did. I didn't, I didn't ask God for anything. He just loves people, and he wants to use his children to speak to other people, right, who don't know him yet. And so it's that simple. And so I just went over, and, and he was like, it was, he was so happy. It, he wasn't look like his dog got ran over anymore. <laughs> he looks super happy. And so that's what I mean about God highlighting. It's like living your life saying, God, I love you so much. I'm not going to judge people. I'm going to choose to love them. I'm going to choose to be a voice to them and to tell them how good their father is, right? He says that God doesn't count our trespasses against us because of Jesus. Well, that's good news, isn't it? And sometimes us as believers in the church, we count trespasses against people a lot, huh? But what if we decide, like, we're not going to do that anymore? And what if we decided that it doesn't matter if, you know, um, if we get it wrong? How many of you know a lot of times it's scary? You think, I don't want to go talk to that person. Like, what if I look so stupid? Well, yeah, that might happen, right? But what happens is when you decide to step out of your comfort zone to actually encourage someone, and it doesn't, it's not like you have to give the, you know, like the five, ten spiritual laws or something like that. I completely messed that one up. But, you know, it's not like you have to give a whole paragraph of things unless God gives it to you. It's it's just listening to what God tells you to do and responding it. Maybe it is buying someone lunch or paying it forward. That's amazing, right? That new thing that's going on today where people, you know, buy the person behind them their, their food, you know, in the, in the drive-thru. I don't go to drive-thrus that often, but, <laughs> but anyways, um, you know, it's whatever God tells you. And so what if we decided that we're not going to Ah, uh, look on the outside, but we're going to ask God, show us what's going on, right? What would that look like? I know I keep going around in circles and keep saying the same things, but I, I like to keep hammering the same thing because then all of a sudden the light bulb goes on, right? Because God wants to speak to you today, and maybe while you're sitting in here, God's putting someone on your heart, that he wants you to love and not judge anymore. Maybe he's putting someone on your heart that maybe you've judged and maybe you need to ask God to forgive you for that, right? And maybe, you know, I think about this. Like, I think about my life, how long it took me to come to Jesus. 
I was a wreck. I was a wreck. You know, I was an insecure little girl who, you know, was rejected, shy. Everyone walked all over me, had eating disorders, all this stuff, right? I had all of this mess, and it took me a long time for me to come to Jesus. Now, I can't even imagine if, if someone came to me and just looked at me face value when I was back then, you know? I wouldn't be where I am today, but I'm thankful that people love me in my mess. And you know what? I want to say this. This, is, this, is, this can sometimes be easy with strangers, right? It can be a little more challenging with people in our family, right? But how about we just start? <laughs> how about we just start? How about we stop putting this huge bar for people in our family that they can never achieve? How about we just decide we're going to love our children, we're going to love our spouses, we're going to love our moms and dads, we're going to love our our people in our family just the way they are. Would that be crazy? What about we just say we're just going to love them, but we say, but they got to change. They treat me like this. They do this. Well, Jesus talked about bless those who persecute you, right? And man, he had it hard. They persecuted him right to the cross. And even on the cross, he said, bless them, forgive them, Father, for they don't know what they're doing. I mean, what if we decided to love like Jesus did and love people in their mess? I don't know about you. When I feel safe, it makes me want to change. Right? When I feel safe, when I feel that I'm not being judged... It makes me have courage to change. When I have someone's telling me, you're going to make it, Kelly. I think you're wonderful. You, you know, I'm on your side. I am rooting for you. I'm standing with you. Guess what? It makes me want to change. But if I have someone pointing out all my flaws and saying, you did it again. You screwed up again. Guess what? I... I think walls are going to start going up, right? And people are going to get distant. And I think that's what the enemy loves um, when he messes with us in that way. Because God keeps no records of wrong, but the enemy keeps lots of records. In fact, he repeats them over and over, not just to us, but especially to the people that are dealing with it. The people in their mess don't need judgment. The people in their mess need love. The people in their mess need us as believers, as the body of Christ, not to criticize, but to encourage. And we hear from God. So we can ask God, God, how do you want me to encourage someone? What would you like me to say? And maybe in here you're saying, oh my gosh, like I, like, I... You know, I ridicule my children. And I'm saying, I know we have to raise our children in the ways of the Lord, and it's challenging. And sometimes when they get older, you know, it says, you know, and, and they, you know, they won't, you know, it says raise your children up in the ways of the Lord, and when they're old, they won't depart from it. But sometimes there's a lot of people in here, your children have departed from it, right? And it's not fun, and it's not easy, and it's not easy to love them in their mess. But I just want to encourage you. How about we just decide today that we're going to love them in their mess? And we're going to text them and say, 
you're amazing. We're going to text them and say, I love you. You know, sometimes we can have this entitlement attitude where they, you know, we're the parent, they need to come to us. You know, they did all these things and we get this attitude. Well, you know what's happening? It's putting a wall there and it's pushing them farther and farther away. And then I meet so many young people that don't even want anything to do with the church. And they were raised in the church because there's all this list of things that they will never measure up with. But what if we decided to change? What if we decided to say, you know what, I'm going to take that list God knows the list. I'm going to keep my eye on you, Jesus. I'm going to fall in love with you, and I'm going to love the people in my life just the way they are. And I'm just going to, I'm, I'm going to honor you, God, and I'm going to honor them. You know, Jesus talked about honoring others first, right? Putting other people first. What would that look like if we decided to put other people first? These are very simple but they're very powerful because it really is all about love. People need love. That's why they react the way they do because they don't have love in their mess and they're, and they're falling short. And then the accuser comes and brings shame and condemnation. And so they don't know what to do, but you know, a lot of people say, well, if they're going to think I'm like that, I might as well be like that. Right? So then they go farther and farther and farther along the path when really all they're wanting is just some unconditional love. Right? It's not that hard, but it is, right? (laughs) It can be hard. I'm going to read a couple of scriptures. Um, Matthew chapter 7 Let me find my Bible in here. Matthew chapter 7, verses 1 through 5. And I'm going to read it in a different translation called the Passion Translation. Um, And it says, I love the way this one words it. It says, refuse to be a critic full of bias towards others. And judgment. Okay, refuse to be a critic full of bias towards others. And judgment will not be passed to you. For, you. for you'll be judged by the same standard that you've used to judge others. The measurement you use on them will be used on you. Why would you focus on the flaw in someone else's life and yet fail to notice the glaring flaws of your own? How can you say to your friend, let me show you where you're wrong? When you're guilty of even more, you're being hypocritical and a hypocrite. First, acknowledge your own blind spots and deal with them. And then you'll be capable of dealing with the blind spot of your friend. Isn't that good? That's so powerful. I'm going to read another scripture in Ephesians um, chapter 5, verse 1 and 2. And this is in the Passion as well. I don't know if you guys heard of the Passion Translation. It's really good. I'd like it. I like to read the NIV and the KGV as well. But, you know, just to get another take on it is super fun. And this one says, Be imitators of God in everything you do. For then you will represent your father as as his beloved sons and daughters. 
and continue to walk surrendered to the extravagant love of Christ. His love is so extravagant. It is so extravagant. For he surrendered his life as a sacrifice for us. His great love for us was pleasing to God like an aroma of adoration, a sweet healing fragrance. Amen? And so, you know, as sometimes I believe today that God, you know, God might be speaking and he might be saying, you know, putting people in your head that whether you, um, he wants you to reach out to or maybe you need to actually ask God to forgive you and give you a second chance with that person, right? God is really in the business of restoring lives. I mean, look at Paul in the Bible. Here this guy was, Saul. He was like a terrorist in that day, going around and killing Christians. Jesus loved him so much. He was someone that people were afraid of because of what he did, right? He was a bad guy. And God loves people so much. God loved Saul so much that he encountered him on the road to Damascus as he was on his way to kill Christians. <laughs> and he appeared to him in a vision, knocked him off his horse. And then God speaks to Ananias, an ordinary disciple, and says, there's this guy named Saul. who He's at, he's at a guy named Judas's house on Straight Street. And, you know, he encountered Jesus and in a, in a vision, and he's blind at Judas's house. I want you to go over and lay hands on him and go see him. And, I mean, that's crazy. Ananias was like, what? <laughs> you want me to do what? But thank God he had love in his heart, and he didn't sit there and go through the list and I say, no, I'm not going to do that. He's a sinner. He's a terrorist. I would never go there, Right? But he went there. He listened. And what happened? God did a miracle. He's, the Bible says, like, scales fell from his eyes. And he came to the Lord. And he was baptized. And he was filled with the Spirit. He was healed. All of these amazing things. It's in Acts chapter 8 or Acts chapter 9. And, and God did a miracle. And so maybe the miracle of these people in your lives that God may be putting on your heart this morning, you know, God's big enough to encounter them. Okay? There's no one too far off for Jesus. I think of all of the times where people loved me in my life. They're like monuments. Before I came to know Jesus, I look back and I'm thankful for them. How about us as the body? We decide we're going to be like those people and be monuments in people's life of the love of God. And we decide that, you know what? We're just going to flat out love people. We're going to let God deal with the other stuff, and we're just going to love them right in their mess because that's exactly what God does with us. Amen? Amen. And so once you just stand, we're going to close right now. Hallelujah. God, we just love you. We just say first we love you with all our heart, with all our mind, and with all our strength. You can just, even right now, just pray in your own words. Let's just begin to just talk to God. God, we just love you. We thank you for loving us. You said that you first loved us. You drew us. You said no one comes to the Father unless you draw them. And so, Lord, first of all, we just thank you for drawing us in the middle of our mess, God. 
that you came and you forgave us and you caused us to be blameless in your sight, God. Without spot or without wrinkle. It says as far as the east is from the west. That's how far you've removed our transgressions from us, God. And Lord, we are thankful for that. And Lord, today, God, Lord, we choose to look at others, Lord, that we would not look at the Saul's in this world as Saul's, but we would see the Paul in them, God. But we would see them through heaven's eyes to be able to see the uh, transforming work of Christ in them. Lord, we ask you to forgive us, Lord, for, for judging people, Lord, who've been divorced, God. Oh, my goodness, Lord, please forgive us. Lord, we ask you to forgive us, God, for judging people who, you know, maybe have addictions, God, and, and maybe been a polluter of adultery, God. Lord, we ask you to forgive us, God. Lord, you said you, they don't know what they're doing. Lord, we ask you to forgive people from, forgive us for, for judging people, Lord, who, have, who are from other faiths, God. Lord, forgive us for that, God, for having a superior attitude for different denominations, God. Lord, forgive us for that. Lord, you, don't, you never wanted that. Lord, for people with different uh, gender things, Lord, we ask that you would forgive us for judging people like that. Lord, that we would flat out love people. Holy Spirit, come. We just ask, just put your hands out right now. Holy Spirit, come. We ask that you would fill each person in this room with your love. Your tangible love, God. Your tangible love, Lord, that they would overflow with your love. That it would bubble over, God. The love, Lord, that covers a multitude of sins, God. Lord, for themselves and for those in their lives, God. Lord, that they would treat people, Lord, just the way they want to be treated, God. That they would be full of grace and full of mercy and full of your love, God. And Lord, I pray that a harvest of souls come into the kingdom through their lives, God. A harvest of souls. I pray for family members this year, God, coming to know you, God, through the unconditional love of each of these people in this room, each of your children in this room. You love them. God, break our hearts for what breaks your heart, God. Lord, there's so much injustice that people are going through, God. That's why they're acting like this, God. Lord, help us not be the ones, Lord, that... that um. Lord, that that just add on to the injustice and add on to the accusations, God, and add on to the judgments that they're already facing, God. But help us to be the ones, God, that breaks injustice. Lord, that just loves the unlovely with not expecting anything in return. Unconditional love without conditions. And Lord, I just thank you for what you're going to do through lives. What you're going to do through lives of the people in this room. What you're going to do through the lives of people on live stream, God, and on Facebook Live. I thank you for what you're going to do, the miracle after miracle, Lord, the life after life that's going to be touched, God, that's even right now being touched, Lord. And Lord, let us be like the Samaritan, God, that we would stop, that we would, Lord, give Give things, even if it costs us, God. 
for the people we don't even know and for the people that we know, God, for the people that you tell us to, that you highlight. God, we just love you and we thank you for what you're doing. We thank you for forgiving us. We receive your forgiveness this morning. (laughs) And Lord, we receive your orders, God, to just go and love people. And it really is all about love, 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 because that's what you did. You came, and it was about love, love, love. And we just thank you in Jesus' mighty name. Amen. Amen. Well, God bless you guys. I'm so thankful that you came this morning. We have um, an 